what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, February 22nd, 2024. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Addy Elie Jr. Joining me is Bill Croy Poppy, Tim Ma Morgan Gettys. Let Tim host Bless. Last night, my life was changed forever. Mine too. We watched Final Fantasy Advent Children in theaters. And what was so special about it is it was my first time seeing um, the complete edition of this film. Mm -hmm. um, because I've seen all the, the, the deleted scenes or the extra scenes, but out of context. I never actually watched the entire complete uh, collection, complete edition. On top of that, the fact that I had 10 friends to go to Final Fantasy VII Advent Children in the theater with oh, was yeah. a special moment. We had an entire row of equally sick sickos. And you know I, what I mean? And that's the thing is you have to have a sicko vibe to go into that movie and, and come out of it and enjoy it as much as we did. We had such a good time. All of us. Yeah. We we're all just like, no matter what history we had to Final Fantasy, we left that and we're like, that was a blast. It's this thing where we we're also like kind of sprinkled throughout the theater a bit. And so like there are scenes where we're we are clearly laughing because it's like awkwardly edited and some of the lines are like, okay, what the fuck? But then you come out of the theater and it's like, all right, did we all enjoy this as much as everybody else did? And everybody's like, yeah, it's a mid-movie, but also a great movie at the same 100%. time. Hundred percent. It's also crazy. Uh, yeah, it's with the embargo being up for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, because I'm like, what can I say? What can I not say? It's crazy watching that movie after playing Rebirth, just from like a graphical level, uh -huh. because Rebirth and Remake look so fucking good. And then you watch Advent Children, and it's like, oh yeah, this is an animated movie, an animated video game adaptation from 2004, 3D it, animated. It's the first time that I've ever seen Uncanny Valley with something that I'm like, this almost looks as good as a video game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, that's such a weird place like, to be. So, it was weirdly impressive, though. Like, yes. like, keeping in mind the context of when it came out, it was like it was some of the, like, the city shots and like some of the shots where you see a bunch of people walking. And it was like, God damn, this really came out in the mid-2000s. That's wild. Yeah, also, I, voice acting has come a really long way in, uh, in terms of just oh, how oh, far dude. we've come. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, especially like after like watching this right after playing Rebirth, like the amount of like flat delivery in uh, Advent Children is insane and there was some banger uh voice actors too it was literally it was just a, a sign of its time and the direction yes. and like just the the way that the um the overdubbing even worked where somehow oh, yeah they were just like we gotta put a line here because their lips are moving and it's like you know what maybe we just shouldn't have yeah. <laughs> maybe we should have just worked around it but anyway what what a blast it's one of the those ones that i wish they could read um uh re-render in like the current um uh, engine that they're using for remake and rebirth because i'm like dude if, if, even if you make this just look as good as the games do right now, it'd be a real, it'd be a really fun movie to go back and watch again with like that kind of rendering. But then also coming out of Advent Children, I'm like, yo, I'm down for another Final Fantasy VII movie. Like, make a fucking Advent Children sequel or remake, or just make a Final Fantasy VII remake movie. Like, there's so Advent, many things. Advent Fathers, grandchildren. Oh, oh so we're getting at that point. Plus. It's too much. At that point, we're, we're just making old. a plot. Because yeah, they already made a plot for Advent Children. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, mm -hmm. enough about all that. Let's talk about today's stories, which include a Final Fantasy VII Rebirth review round. That's a lot of R's. Rebirth review roundup. Uh, PS is bringing PSVR 2 to PC and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every day, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and podcast services around the globe if you love what we do support us with the kind of funny membership on patreon or youtube to get all of our shows ad free watch us record them live and get a daily exclusive show for a chance to be a part of the show submit your thoughts and opinions as youtube super chats as we go speaking of which housekeeping for you our final fantasy 7 rebirth review is up right now as a kind of funny games cast on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and on podcast services around the globe it is tim it is me it is imran the don con and it is roger mccorney you should go there check it out if you haven't already i know a lot of you guys have already listened to it but this episode of kfgd i want to do a uh, what do they call it? FAQ mm -hmm. for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And so write in with the YouTube Super Chats, uh, and we'll get your questions answered for story number one alongside the review roundup for you. We already got a couple here. Mara writing in saying, dilly dally, shilly shally. Uh, <sighs> classic line. Classic uh, she said it moment, like I'll call it. She said it like three times mm -hmm. in a row, and then they referenced it again throughout the movie in a way where I was like, Y'all knew this didn't hit the first time. It's our thing, baby. He delivered it's our thing. Uh, and then Opponents Prime says, I'm currently replaying Final Fantasy VII R in tandem with the original Final Fantasy VII while Remake ends with leaving Midgar. Where's a good place to stop in, in Final Fantasy VII, the original, that coincides with the end of Rebirth? Um, the, they've been saying that Rebirth is going to end in the Forgotten City. Mm -hmm. So that is, I would say, a, a good place for you to stop your Final Fantasy VII OG playthrough. It's funny because that just how it's, that's how it naturally happened for me. Like, I didn't plan to line up to where uh, this game was going to end up. But yeah, when I picked up Final Fantasy VII, the original years ago, after playing Remake, I just happened to stop 
around that area and playing this game, I'm like, oh, I paced this perfectly. Yeah. 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 So that's that. So yeah, get more of your super chats in. If you have more questions about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth for us to answer later in the show. And then in case you missed it, Game Showdown Live is coming to PAX East with me and a crew of guests. If you want to watch Kind of Funny's trivia show live in the PAX audience, it's going down Friday on March 22nd at 1 p.m. in the Albatross Theater. So damn cool. Yeah, I, I'll dude. just say this about PAX real quick. If you're going to PAX East, make sure you come hang out with the with the boys uh, from Kind of Funny. Um, some of this stuff is not officially announced yet, but what I can say is this panel is happening. This is the, the official Kind of Funny panel. Bless will be hosting the mm -hmm. CD Project Red panel. And there's one other kind of funny member that we can't oh, announce yet that will be member. hosting another panel that we can't announce yet, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I am slowly revealing the contestants for this episode of Game Showdown happening live at PAX, and I've already revealed the first person, Jared Petty. He'll come return. through. If you miss Jared Petty, shows. making his return to Kind of Funny Game Shows is going to be a fun time. And then, yeah, like Tim said, I'll also be hosting the Cyberpunk 2077 panel on March 23rd uh, at 3.30 p.m. local time in the main theater of the Boston Convention and Exhibition Center. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Carl Jacobs, Streaking Ain't Easy, and Delaney Twining. Today, we're brought to you by Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have six stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. And actually, yeah, being brought to you by Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is something we should bring up right for this. Of course, we did our review. Our review is up this uh, this morning. Uh, Tim, on that review, you started off by saying that, hey, we've been sponsored by FF7 Rebirth. And we're like, we have like a couple of weeks of being sponsored by FF7 Rebirth. Uh, the this review is the last week. Yeah. Uh, th yeah, this week is the last week. The review itself not sponsored right mm -hmm. and i think uh, i forget if there's any other pieces of content i mean just the main out. thing is that like uh you were the lead reviewer on this because i was the one doing the deal and part of all that stuff and again like we always say transparency is key with this stuff i we are giving our opinion on these things and take it with a grain of salt if you can't understand that or trust that totally understand that as well but yep. we're entertainers here entertaining and this is exactly this is Every, everything we say is with a grain of salt granted i've not touched anything that has to do with the sponsorships but of course this episode is brought Glad to you by ff7 rebirth but we're not gonna bullshit i gave the game a four out of five right mm -hmm. like we're gonna talk about roger all that gave stuff. it a three out of five i gave it a five out of five this is how things go exactly <laughs> uh but let's start well let's start off with this final fantasy 7 rebirth review roundup uh metacritic and on open critic the game is sitting at a 93 uh let's start off with michael hyam at ign my roommate who gave this game a 9 out of 10 and says, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth impressively builds off of what Remake set in motion as both a best-in-class action RPG full of exciting challenge and depth and as an awe-inspiring recreation of a world that has meant so much to, uh, to, to so many for so long. After 82 hours to finish the main story and complete a decent chunk of side quests and optional activities, there's still so much to be done, making this pivotal section of the original feel absolutely massive. Mini games, side quests, and other enticing diversions fill the space of its vast and sprawling regions, painting a new and more vivid picture of these familiar locations. But more than just being filled with things to do, Rebirth is often a powerful representation of Final Fantasy VII's most memorable qualities. It does fumble the execution of its ending, getting caught up in the mess of its multiple twisting timelines. But new moments and the overarching journey manage to evoke a deeper sense of reflection in spite of that. So, for as flawed as parts of this of how this classic has been reimagined might be, Rebirth still stands out as something both thrilling and unexpectedly impactful. And then, Tamar Hussein at GameSpot, the homie, uh, gave it an eight out of ten and says, "What Final Fantasy VII Rebirth succeeds at, or sorry, what Final Fantasy yeah Rebirth succeeds at eclipses what it fumbles. It's a superbly designed gameplay experience that instills a sense of freedom while also making exploration rewarding in a meaningful way." Refined gameplay that makes character synergy a focal point breathes new life into into slick and satisfying combat, and all while and all the while it reinforces the underlying themes of the story. As a game that has the unenviable task of living up to one of the strongest legacies in the medium, it is a worthy second chapter. Whether Square Enix can bring it all together in the third and final part will be the subject of much discussion from here on out. Just like at Destiny's Crossroads, an unknown feature beckons once again, and anything is still possible. And then Wesley LeBlanc at Game Informer gave it an 8.5 out of 10 and says, The best of Remake exists in Rebirth, but the various open world areas surrounding it, the parts that make Rebirth unique from its predecessor, sometimes miss the mark. 93, which makes 93, this man. the second highest reviewed Final Fantasy game. In the Behind franchise. what? 
nine, I think, is what they yeah. said. I need. I can double check that. Chat, double check me. On yeah, that I mean, dude, ninety three. Uh, that's absolutely wild. Like, I I will say that I'm surprised by that. Like, I think that that is higher than I would have expected the the overall to be. Um, just kind of based on how many eight point fives and eights I've been hearing from from people that I know and love and trust uh, their opinions of. But then you see like kind of the the more mass uh, reviewers come out and critics and yeah, landing at a ninety three. It's going to be really interesting to see when it's in fans' hands. But I think when it gets in the fans' hands, it's even more just going to get into glowing praise. With again, th this I said this on the review. This is easily the biggest game I ever played, and with the size like that. There's going to be a lot of stuff that isn't for you. And I don't think that there's going to be anybody that plays this game that is like everything. Is yeah. That's the thing is like, it's the difference between something that is either you say a masterpiece or masterful or whatever versus a perfect video game. Cause this is not a per, this is like a far from perfect video game. Yeah. But there are so many things that this game does where I'm like, this is some of my favorite video game shit. Yeah. There are more masterpiece level elements of this than most games can even get close to. But then there's also just a lot of other stuff. And yeah. I do think the sheer quantity of that other stuff, um, it, it's just unavoidable to talk about when you're you're being critical of the, the game overall. But I do think as well that so much of the, the, the stuff that people might not be vibing with is going to really vibe with others. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like the game does a good job of giving you the option to just not do stuff. There's a lot of... Hey, mandatory, you got to do this a couple times. And then if you don't want to, you don't ever need to go back and touch it. But I do think the game is enticing and it makes you want to do a lot of the, the side stuff, even if they're not that great, because I feel like from there wasn't any mini game that I'm like, I flat out hate this. Like there was a couple that I was like, oh man, this one is fine. Yeah. You know, but then there was more that I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. Like Queen's Blood that I'm so happy to see so many people. Everybody's like, I, that's like, the one. The as thing. soon as I started playing Queen's Blood, I was like, this is a hit. Yeah. Like they fucking, they, they found, this is fire. They found what this one is. Uh, and yeah, like to that point, yeah, I'm the same way in terms of the, the mini games, right? Like there's not, I don't think there's a mini game that I hated per se. I will say I, we talked about like, we're, of course, we're not going to spoil any story stuff in this episode. I should mention that because that's also main chat uh, wondering. We're not going to spoil shit, but we're going to talk about mechanics. And, like mini games have been talked about and shown off in the trailers and uh, in the state of plays and stuff. But like there's like a Rocket League one that I, I thought was okay. Like as soon as I got through like the things I had to do for that one, I was like, I'm not coming back around to this. Queen's Blood, I sought out any moment I could find somebody to play Queen's Blood with. I played Queen's Blood. Um, there's one I found that's like, they basically took a game out of Fall Guys and put it in this game. And like it, they do it in the most goofy way possible. And it's so wild how, you know, in the way that this game is a really amazing RPG, there's also weirdly like a really good party game here. Like if you took yeah. the mini games and like just um, put them in like a Mario Party wrapping, it could work. Like the I mini mean, games are so varied and fun and I, ridiculous. I do think that I, I, it's funny how much of the conversation about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth so far from the reviews is about the mini games, but that's because that's what this game is. There is so many. It is, it's filled with them. It is filled with them, and it is the game. Like the mm -hmm. point of the game is going from town to town and seeing what that town has to offer in terms of mini games. And that's usually not my vibe at all. Like yeah. that would turn me off, but they're fun enough. And you bring up Mario Party, I think is really interesting. One of my notes that I wish I brought up in the review that I wrote down is the mini games feel way more like Mario Party than Crash Bash. Oh, it's I like, like that. Yeah. They feel like authentic mini games as opposed to like, oh, here's something to break up the main story of what we're doing. And like, I guess you're like, even thinking about Final Fantasy VII Remake, like the the squats or the rhythm game stuff in uh, Remake is so much worse than it is in Rebirth. Mm -hmm. I don't think Rebirth's a perfect rhythm, rhythm game by any stretch of the imagination, but it is so improved from Remake that it is shocking to me that there was a similar team. Yeah. I don't know how they managed to do that. Dude, the piano mini game where you get to play things that I, I think that was also in the demo that people mm -hmm. experienced. I, that one was one where I was like, this might be too advanced for me. Because, like, if you, I, I think they have, like, a free mode where you can just, like... You can just play piano. Play piano Dude, if you want it's, to. It's, and it's fleshed out. It's the Last of Us guitar thing, like, on crack. Yeah. It's insane. And then, yeah, they have, like, songs that you find. And then you can play, like, you know, Eris theme or Tifa's theme or whatever song that you find. And play it on the piano as a rhythm game. And legitimately, I'm somebody who, who really likes minigames. This is one where I was like, I... Man, I got a whole other RPG to play here. I don't have time to get good at this. I don't have this time is, to learn piano. Yeah, like you are wanting me to learn how to play a piano using my <laughs> my control sticks. And I don't have time for this, but it's really fleshed out. If you're somebody who's into that kind of thing, I could see you being really into the piano. And I, I could also see plenty of like viral YouTube videos happening. Based already off of, oh, yeah, there I've you go. Metal Gear Solid theme. Yeah, like people are going to play so many different songs off of the piano minigame in this game. And it's like that's the level of quality they're bringing to the minigames in this thing. And which I said in the review, right? In any other game, 
Like, in, in, when you design an open-world action game, you look at, your, at the uh, gameplay mechanics that you have at your core, and you go, all right, how do we build activities to make people use these mechanics in interesting ways? How, in Spider-Man, how do we make the, uh, side content out of swinging or out of traversal or out of combat? Mm -hmm. That's usually how you, how you form things. When, whenever Spider-Man does like a, oh, let's do a 2D puzzle, it's like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, that's usually the response to it. Usually that's not the way you go about uh, things in designing like open-world activities. This game is filled with so many things that take you out of being cloud and take you out of being the main party and they're like hey play chocobo racing play queen's blood play this fall guys mini game play the piano and it's all pretty good <laughs> it's all and it shouldn't it and it's shouldn't in, work it's in the spirit of the original game like i feel like that's what is uh something that is so impressive about this game that i i hope ends up being talked about a lot is how faithful remake it ended up actually being when mm. all was said and done when we first heard about this project it's like there's just no way it's going to be condensed and in fact it's the complete opposite of that and yes they added things there's a lot of added things but what was there before is here now and not just literally what was there but how it felt yeah now feels how it should so uh, Final Fantasy 7 this part of the game was chock full of mini games in the original uh version now it's like taking that and just turning it up to what 2024 can uh, expect from that level of things. It's funny like how much we've talked about the open world activities. And it's like the open world activities in this game are the mini games. Mm -hmm. You know, like you're out there and it's like there is just so much random shit to do. Yeah. So much gameplay variety that is shockingly on the positive side for the most part, which, again, it seems weird to be uh praising something so much for like well they got most of it right but it's like it's there's just so much it's of also it. the weird thing where i think that I, the so the open world aspect of this game is so fascinating because yeah to your point the open world so much of it is like is the mini games it is like this random shit that you're doing but then there is a pocket of it that is more traditional open world checklist boxy thing they have towers they have like these summon data things where you go you like go to the icon and then you have, there's like a circle thing that you have to like hit the buttons at a certain <laughs> like at a certain rhythm like a simon says type thing. yeah like a simon says type thing you, you, you do that essentially to like um uh for your summon battles right like that makes the summon battles easier and then there's another one that's like a loot pond that you find and those are the things where i'm like oh we didn't need this see here i i have a counterpoint to that and like uh -huh. everyone's entitled to their own opinion absolutely for this type of stuff but i so far i'm not hearing too much actual criticism of the open world as mm -hmm. much as Oh, it's like other things. It's but like my, Ubisoft. But I do have criticism. Okay, like, I, I want to hear. But yeah, just yeah, real yeah. guy, I just want to say, because like what you're talking about, like the tower stuff, sure, is not the most interesting stuff. They're also not the most complex towers. And like yeah. none of them last longer than 30 seconds. They should last five seconds. The climbing isn't the fastest thing. So that stuff can get annoying. But it's like, it's really not like, oh man, it took five but minutes that's my, to do that, this. That's my problem with it is like, I think in any other game that implements towers, you go look at Assassin's Creed, you look at Horizon, you look at like the games that Far Cry, the games that do it, right? there is usually some kind of puzzle or something that is involved with it. Like you are solving a thing. You are, you know, like it is, it feels like it's part of the core experience where here it does feel like they're putting in towers is put in towers. See, and that's how I feel about all three of those activities where I'm like, I'm doing this just to do like, this is another open world activity as opposed to an interesting open world activity. And, and so I, I totally understand that. But to me, I was like, I looked at the towers as another opportunity for guaranteed combat to be able to show off because whatever enemies are at the bottom of the tower are usually more interesting than the ones that are just randomly about in the area. Mm -hmm. Then on top of that, you get to the tower, it unlocks kind of the, hey, here's the next places of interest to go to to get these more story-based bits. Like I loved the finding the different um, summon areas with the, the, the life spring or life stream springs it made the world feel so much more realized. Like, this is how I wanted to see the planet of Final Fantasy VII before, whereas in the original, like, I have said this before, I'm not a fan of the world map. Like, I don't yeah. like how open that game is because it's just empty. I get for the time it was absolutely amazing, but in any time I've ever experienced, I'm like, my imagination can't go far enough to fill in the gaps. Playing through this, like, these, the open worldy stuff, it's like, it felt like I was so into it because of the world, not lore implications, but mm -hmm. the world implications of the music changing up in the different areas you'd get to. And that all starts with the simple thing of a tower that I'm happy there wasn't some freaking slide puzzle to have to figure out how to, <laughs> to get it going. Yeah. You know, My, I'm not yeah. saying it's the best thing ever, but I'm also saying like, I, I think that I don't really understand where the, the like, oh man, like, I think is I'm like, if we're just going to put towers in here, just don't put the towers in there. Like just make it a thing of like, you talk to somebody or you find like, 
unlock the map in a different way because it's also you're not unlocking the map view you're just unlocking like a, a couple of icons yep. just put the icons there then like i don't I, like i feel like for me it didn't add anything to the overall experience of exploring the open world for me it was like a ah oh, we need some more stuff to fill out the world and so here's a tower and like they're all i don't want to say copy and paste because there's a few times where like you do have like enemies that you fight at the bottom of each one i didn't really find like the those fights as interesting like for me it was just all right here's some more open world enemies and then it was all right now climb two ladders and like we all mentioned, like the climbing in the game is kind of slow. Or climb three ladders and then climb down another ladder. Yeah, and then climb I'm like up we're wasting time ladder. here, dude. Oh my god, I, I I think for me it boils down to like the open world stuff and why I uh, started to skip a bunch of it is how you interact in like you know a lot of like going around that world is traversing the world, and I think the traversal of the world in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is very kind of slow and monotonous and not very interesting, right? When it when it comes to climbing, when it comes to um, this isn't spoilers, but like Gungaga as a region is like just weirdly designed on like how you're getting from point A to point B. And it's just like why it doesn't add the fun of like the moment to moment of interacting with that world. And uh, so I think that's what it boils down to. It's just like yeah. it feels very slow and not for a like a purpose, you know? Yeah. And I, honestly, like I, I, I bring up those like those three specific things like the, the like the towers the springs and then like the summon data thing specifically to highlight how good the other shit is like when i'm playing queen's blood or when i'm doing like they have um i for, always forget what the what the specific side activity is, is called but there's like a unique activity for each region and when i'm doing that stuff it is again it's ridiculous it's different from what the actual game is which is you playing as cloud and fighting shit but it is so fun that i wish i, I wish that was more so the the like main thing of the open world like when i'm doing more of the checklisty like all right cool let me go to the pool let me go to this thing i feel like i'm checking off a list and at that point i am putting on a podcast and i'm like all right cool let's clear this thing out and it worked for me in like the first few regions right in the first 20 hours of the game as i'm going through it i was 100 in everything but that game just kept growing it kept going yeah. and like that's another thing with this game this game is big and so as i unlocked more regions i was like oh this is I get, that's my other thing too just full transparency i didn't even try it 100 everything yeah. i was just like i'm gonna do what i want to do and not do the other things and that's why it's like some of the towers and shit to me there's a lot of them i was like i'm just not going to do this but mm -hmm. the reward being summons i was like i want that like it's the checklist stuff i'm like i'm gonna add this up i'm like yeah it's worth the time doing this to get the summon to get the the story there but then there's a whole bunch of other stuff i'm like this is just simply not worth doing mm -hmm. and I'm telling you, there's a lot of stuff in this game that's not worth doing. A lot, you know, but... There's the, a lot the, that is worth doing, though. 10 people we've talked to that have played this game so far, everybody likes and dislikes different they, parts that, of it. And that's the thing, is, like, it's a very fascinating game to talk about, because even in our review yesterday, right, like, there are things that Roger's talking about where I'm like, ooh, actually, I like this, and there are things that I'm like, I don't like, where, I'm, where Imran probably likes, right? Like, it is it is very much a, a, a in, um, the eye of the beholder kind of game, where you are going to vibe with a lot of things, and there are going to be some things that you don't vibe with, and it is going to be pretty much all up to you in terms of what that how these different things speak to you i do want to bring in some questions of course we're doing your questions answered this is the faq uh casper writes in and says i own an lgc one and performance mode is blurry so far in the demo on my tv does that get better or should i stick to quality mode much no. love they put out a patch um to update things and from what i hear it didn't fix performance mode nearly as much as it needed to it actually enhanced uh, graphics mode more i played through the game on graphics mode performance mode really? just looked like garbage to me i was yeah. like i can't deal with this yeah. and like i i understand oh man frames win games but you know what sometimes just games looking great and just playing <laughs> is what i'd prefer I, I will say like when the game needs to be fucking beautiful in like uh like character or like renders and all that stuff it does um but yeah like in performance mode like gameplay moments it's like oof like uh you know the in the opening hours uh, that people have played already in the demo with like Cloud and um, Sephiroth, like they look so like plasticky and stuff. It's 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 weird. Yeah, I played the whole game in performance mode, and there are definitely moments where I'm like, well, Cloud just looks like he's out of focus. <laughs> like he out of Cloud focus is, is a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah, and and it's weird because in graphics mode, this game is fucking beautiful, man. And I I was so impressed with just how well it ran and how great it looked at all times. But it was, you know, it was 30, if even whatever it was. Like, it, but that didn't bother me because of the type of gameplay that this has. Like, if it was mm. Final Fantasy 16, I think it would be a little bit different. Mm. Um, but with this, I was like, I was having a, a blast with the, with how slow the combat is. Like, it's fast paced, but more in button presses, less in like, 
yeah. input. It's not like an action game. Yeah. I mean, it's half action, right? But like, it's not, yeah, it's not FF16. It's not Spider-Man, right? Yeah. You can take your time with it. Uh, I got another question here from Marley Diaz Delval, who writes in, sorry if I butchered that. Uh, as much as I loved Remake, I felt like the final act, you needed to have prior, prior knowledge of the original game in order to understand the implications of the story. Does Rebirth continue that trend? From the yeah. people I've talked to, <laughs> it seems like whether you don't have knowledge of the original or you do have knowledge of the original, you're fucked. <laughs> That's, that is the problem, man, is that, like, in, uh, do you need to have knowledge of the original game in order to understand the implications of the story? Yes, absolutely. Like, if you want to understand everything that the creator is trying to make you understand, yes, you need knowledge of everything the creator had yeah. <laughs> this based on. Having said that, though, and I say this as somebody that has now experienced every part of the Final Fantasy compilation and remake trilogy and all this stuff, the more I get from Final Fantasy, rewatching Advent Children last night made me understand all of this stuff even more. It's just an additive thing. I think we're at the point that, like, there's just not spoilers with this type of game or this type of story because everything's fucking wackadoo. Yeah. Everything can change at any second, especially now that there's timelines and multiverse and whatever. It's like, yo, just, just accept the story. Just, like, be along for the ride because if you think too hard about it, guess what? It's not going to make sense. Yeah. Or if you think even harder than that, then it all makes sense. And oh my God, they're brilliant masterminds and it's the best thing ever. And either way, that's totally okay. But my best advice is literally just don't overthink it. If there's a character that pops up and you're like, why am I supposed to know them? Just let them tell you why you're supposed to know them or else you're not. Because when you played the original, they didn't, you didn't know these characters nope. and now you do and i think a lot of people that haven't played are playing this and are like i don't understand who this is like i needed to play the original it's like y'all don't even know that that character wasn't even in the original like i think people are overthinking it having said that it's confusing and characters come out of nowhere constantly but i don't think there's getting around that no matter who you are no matter how much you've played honestly i feel like there are times that like tim and i would uh like take it uh, each other's side and i felt like we were both more confused because of our knowledge of the original and like trying to remember things from the original from decades ago at this point so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a weird thing and yeah I, I do wonder if, like, the uh, something that's been discussed, and again, very not spoilerly, uh, that I'm going to talk about this here is like the final chapter uh, I've seen uh, from reviewers on Twitter of like whether it hits or not from them. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see, like, if the final chapter majorly hits for people who have played it before or haven't played it before. So far, yeah. most people I've seen don't like the I haven't seen chapter. a single person like the end. Yeah. yeah. Everybody here, not everybody I've seen hates the end. Or and at I, least doesn't, lo doesn't my, love my, the end. My status on the end is I'm like, I do not like choices made, and that is not what I expected in this way and this way, but I'm totally like, this I'm, isn't the I'm end mixed, of the story. There are things I like about it, and there are things I dislike about it. I'm, 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 I'm a bit more mixed. Yeah. Um, oh, and I will say for me, right, like, I, this is, I played Remake not having played, like, much of the original past, I guess, like, the Midgar section, which is funny, is I am playing this game in the chunks that I am playing the original, which is great, but, um, you know, I went into Remake expecting just a remake, right, and then you finish it, and you're like, all right, it looks like this is gonna get a bit weird. Um, my history of FF7 going into Rebirth was playing half, half of FF7, the original, playing Crisis Core, uh, and watching the church fight scene from Advent Children. So mm -hmm. playing Rebirth, there are moments where I'm like, man, how would I know this? If, how would I like understand some of this stuff if I didn't play Crisis Core? But I'm also, I think I'm also of the mind of exactly where you're, kind of what you're saying, Tim, is that like so much of this is just go with it. Like it is, it, no matter how much you play or don't play, it seems like everybody's confused at a certain thing. And yeah. You just kind of, you kind of just got to go with it. And, and I do want to be clear. Just saying go with it doesn't just mean like, oh, it's dumb. So just let it like, just, just don't, don't yeah. care. Don't care. It's like, no, no, no. Invest and care. Just understand that like, there's a lot of times you're supposed to not know. Yeah. Like there, that's, that's the thing is there's a lot of, there's a big part of the story is what is happening. Like what are like, what, like not, or not knowing what is happening, not knowing what the reveal is, not understanding what's going on. And so, yeah, like you kind of just have to allow yourself to be confused in certain points and then hope that. The destination you get to is a, is a it's good a, destination. It's a certain style of storytelling that, like, uh, is definitely taken from, like, uh, like enhanced in Kingdom Hearts and, like, really brought over here. For I me, it's like. it's uh, a giant bomb recently did a thing where they bought a, a plane ticket for Dan Riker. But that was such a good video. But didn't tell him where the plane ticket was to. That's exactly what Final Fantasy VII is. It is, hey, we don't know where you're going, but we're, we're, we're hopefully you're going to enjoy the trip. And you trust these guys to get to give you good trips. So I was like, all right, cool. I don't know what this destination is, but hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's a fun time. And so far, I'm having fun. Yeah.
Uh, I got one more from Shasalai. He writes in and says, do they force ship you with and with, with someone? That's, that's a hard. That's spoilers. Yeah, that's a hard one to talk about spoilers. Talk about I will say, like, I really like how they work with like the relationship system party relationship yeah like the party relationship it's, it's not necessarily shipping but it's like you you have uh relationship levels with your entire uh party um and different side tasks or different conversations uh will either improve or hurt the relationships you have and that affects lines of dialogue and like moments in the game and things like that tim mm-hmm. we're gonna move on story number two but before we do i want to tell you about patreon.com slash kind of funny and youtube.com slash kind of funny games where you can get the the kind of funny membership uh if you get that of course you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors we are brought to you by final fantasy 7 rebirth final fantasy 7 rebirth is a standalone game that welcomes fans and newcomers alike you don't need to have played final fantasy 7 remake or any other final fantasy titles to play and enjoy final fantasy 7 rebirth the combat is not traditional turn-based and has more action-focused gameplay with even deeper improvements since remake with new synergy attacks and team-based combos and there are large open sections to explore with cloud and his comrades venturing across the planet their fates unwritten making every step in the expansive world outside Midgar fresh and mysterious and of course there are dozens of mini games there's a story recap video of Final Fantasy 7 remake for those interested in learning more about the story so far and those looking to experience Final Fantasy 7 remake fully can pre-order the Final Fantasy 7 remake and rebirth twin pack which includes the game plus the DLC episode intermission at no extra cost you can download and play a demo of Final Fantasy 7 rebirth right now on the PlayStation Store and you can pre-order the game in the link in the description the wait is almost over. Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is out February 29th. Get hyped. And we're back. And actually, before we move on to the next news story, we do have a couple of more questions that just came in. I got one from Ashen Penguin who says, is that going to be more of a major role or will he be a background thought leaving me wanting more? And what do you think? I, I that's like some spoiler stuff. I will say, Zach's my fucking boy. Just I want a Crisis Core too. I always want more Zach. Yeah, always. But yeah, no, we're not going to get into that. That's spoiler stuff for you to figure out in the game. And then CJ Splitson says more mini games than Infinite Wealth. Uh, Bear, you played quite a bit of Infinite Wealth, right? Uh, Ten hours. Yeah, but, I also yeah. I, I played around. The I feel same. like Roger would be a better um, person to answer. Can you that. call? Can you like shout out Roger? Can you yell Roger? Get get Roger out here. If Roger! I had to guess. I'd probably say maybe a similar amount, just knowing how many video or how many mini games are in Infinite Wealth. But I couldn't tell you for sure. But yeah, Roger's gonna help you out. Yeah. While Roger's doing that, we're gonna move on to story number two. Sony is now testing PSVR 2 support for PC. This is Tom Warren at The Verge. Before you even read this, I just wanna say yesterday, mm. I heard a conversation between you and Greg talking about how it's the PSVR 2's one year anniversary. And you guys were like, are they gonna do anything? Like joking. Yeah. Like, no, there's no way they're going to announce anything or do anything. I love that this news is happening today. <laughs> Sony's PlayStation VR 2 headset is designed to work exclusively with the PS5, but the company is now testing out support for PC. While the original PSVR headset got unofficial support for PC, Sony now says it's working on allowing PSVR 2 owners to connect the headset to a PC gaming rig. Quote, we're pleased to share that we are currently testing the ability for PSVR 2 players to access additional games on PC to offer even more game variety in addition to the PSVR 2 titles available through PS5, uh, says Sony in a blog post today. Quote, we hope, this, we hope to make this support available in 2024, so stay tuned for more updates, end quote. I put up a joke tweet that Bear has pulled up here, right? What reason do I buy a PS5 if I, can't, if I can play my PSVR 2 on PC, Tim? Why would I? Why would I pick up a PS5? What a banger tweet, bless. You know, I can just play PSVR 2 on my PC. Why, why would I buy a PS5, Tim? You're asking great questions. Man. There's just no games coming. They at don't all. know business over there at PlayStation. This is obviously a a good move, but also like a all right, cool. I, I think it's a great like, move. Go honestly. for it. Yeah, yeah like, I, I, let's be real. I know I made the joke in the tweet, right? But like, if you're PlayStation mm-hmm. and you are selling PSVR 2, which is a great piece of hardware. And the software library is like, eh, you know, like you, I think, and me and me and Greg have had this conversation mostly like a year ago, right? As as this thing was launching. Cool. We got Horizon Call of the Mountain. And then we have like support for GT7 and like maybe a couple other games. Mm -hmm. But what are the first party PlayStation things that are coming out for PSVR 2? Are we ever, ever going to see another first party PlayStation Studios 
title no. for PSVR 2. I, then I doubt what it. Is ha- then wh- then wh- that's crazy, right? And so I think, yeah, like if you're PlayStation, you look at PSVR 2 and you're like, well, we're not going to put out more uh, exclusive stuff here. Like, we're not going to support it. We're going to support it where we can, but we're not going to really like put our effort behind it because we have a whole other business to worry about. Yeah, let people use it for PC because it's a great piece of hardware. And there's a library there on PC that is a bit wider, right? Like, if I can use my PSVR 2 to play Half-Life Alex, that's fucking sick. Yeah. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. Am I crazy? Am I, am I- no, you're not crazy. Okay. This is all good. It's just, we're, we're talking about a, a small subsection of gamers out there. Mm. And it just starts to get to a point for me where I'm just like, so are those people... The people that want to play Half-Life Alex with VR. <laughs> are I going to get a PSVR too? Yeah, like I just no, don't know that that's the move. But I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's good for the people who already own PSVR too. Sure. That are yeah, looking for sure. forward to like yeah. trying to get more out of this. Now it's like, oh, I can plug this into a PC yeah. and, play, and play Half-Life Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Make no bones about it. This is great news. Like this is awesome. I feel like the more open that the companies are with uh, what just is compatible and what works that's only going to be good for consumers if it actually works well and all that stuff yeah. obviously but um i do just feel like this is kind of like uh I, I i personally don't know who this is actually that exciting for but it's good news and i just think that it's uh, a little late on one hand and also just a little like all right inconsequential is probably the thing that i'm looking for here okay yeah okay that's fair. i can see that moving on to story number three Project L officially has a title. Uh, This is Jason Finelli at GameSpot. After its initial reveal in December 2022 and a few updates since then, Riot Games' upcoming fighting game Project L is officially shedding the project title. The studio has revealed that the League of Legends spinoff title is now known as 2XKO and that the game will launch in 2025 for consoles and PC. Tim, uh, Project L, right? Mm -hmm. I've been looking forward to it. They've been showing off different gameplay clips. They've been talking about all the support they're giving to it. It's a, it's a 2v2 fighting game. It looks fantastic. This name fucking sucks, man. For one reason and one reason only, in my opinion. What's that? It needs League of Legends in the name. That's the brand. The, the 2XKO, people are making a big deal about it. Is it 2X? Is it two times? I just need to hear two it. Cross. If it's two times KO, <laughs> two it's like KO. it's a two-player fighting, a two-character fighting game. It makes sense to me. I, yeah. I, I feel like it's that's... two on the... It's, Two on the nose and two, like, I don't know. Man. I think it's the type of thing that is easy to make fun of now. I don't think this is a play and play on situation. I, I, I get the, the memes and I get the, the like, oh, it's kind of I, weird. I think that when it's being talked about at Evo years down the line, it makes sense to be a name like this that's short, that looks dope in logos, will go on merch. It makes sense to me. I think you need the League of Legends in there or just call this thing Project W. Ah. I think it, like, saying it out loud is better than reading it yeah when you read but it that's on the a page. problem is like when you read it on a page you're like, like what ah, is man. going on it's like this is Don, uh, um elon musk's eyes. child's name <laughs> 2xk what are we doing here? you venture says no tim it doesn't need the league of legends name they're already going to play it project l is better <laughs> <laughs> project l i can you imagine putting out a fighting game called project l i mean what there was aren't what was the other fighting game? There was a fighting game that had Project the name. I forget what it was called. It was like Project fucking Cross. Undying Birth of the Penguins or whatever Project it's Cross uh, something. But uh, I do think, even though I want to hate on the name, which I'm going to hate on the name for now. There. It's, I think this is, <laughs> Tim, I think this is a grower, not a shower. <laughs> I think this name is going to grow on us. I think, I think two years from now. I hate that you just took exactly what I said, but you just <laughs> made it so much. I'm going to say better. I'm going to say that. I, I think this name might be a grower, not a shower. I think by the time we get there and we've heard 2XKO for a year straight, I think we're going to be like, all right, I guess it works. But looking at it at first blush, I'm like, I don't know, man. I want, I want more there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I need some more there. I don't know. <sighs> Story number four. <laughs> hey, real talk, though. I'm excited this is happening. I'm excited the game is like being talked about more. It's, it's a real name. There's like a real thing happening. Like the game looks fantastic, has yeah. looked fantastic for years. I think that uh, when we first saw it, it was like the most mind blowing. How can a game look like this? And since then, we've seen games look amazing. And I will say, I saw uh, some of the new gameplay today and I was like, oh, this seems kind of slow. But here's the thing I think I, this is where I'm at with fighting games, Tim. Tekken, mm-hmm. it's the peak. Yeah, <laughs> you can't just, get better, everyone, dude. You can stop. <laughs> Everybody, pack it up. Because I'm playing Tekken 8. Tim, a, a week or so ago, I was talking about wanting to get into Garyu rank. I was struggling so hard getting into Garyu rank, right? Mm-hmm. Tim, I got there. 
and I fucking not only did I I fly, I soared. Yeah. I went from Garyu to Shinryu. I'm now at Tenryu. I'm like within. I can see Mighty Ruler rank. Mighty Ruler is the next one. Maybe we get into what's the top top. Just like teching. <laughs> the face you just made. He's taking this shit so seriously. I fucking <laughs> love it. Oh man, don't get me started. It's like it's called like teching. Well, there's teching God, uh, and then there's like, there's a whole like set of ranks that are like teching teching God supreme, and then above teching God, it's teching Lord, and teching Lord is like the top top. I top freaking one. love this. I still haven't gotten back to it since I played the first like. 30 minutes of it but Tekken 8 is awesome, let me see if i can man. find like the full list of ranks so barrett can can, can show everybody that's so funny good for you though man that's great yeah because like there's so they're called dan's right uh and i see uh, dan's i think they might be a martial arts thing like how they track where you're at so you start at first dan the second dan the third dan then you go out down the list um barrett i'm gonna drop this in assets we're gonna we're gonna i'm gonna lay some knowledge down and so Garyu that I was trying to get to. That was the 20th Dan, yeah. right? The total, in total, there are... Oh, this might be Tekken 7. Oh, this is te Tekken 7, so don't take this, like... The, the, it might have been updated. But yeah, in Tekken 7, there are, like, 36 Dan's. So right now, I'm at, like, 24. It's too many Dan's. I'm at, like, 24, Tim. Yeah. And I'm coasting. I'm trying to take... Uh, Langley in chat, blesses aiming for Tekken Lord's uh, ex Extreme. Tekken Lord Extreme Dar is, like, the top one. I Darth think. Doobie says, I think it's pronounced Don. Don? Which... <laughs> Bear, bring up the trailer for Dan in real life. <laughs> it's fine. Plus out here, it's like there's 36 Dan's. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I'm having such a blast with Tekken. So much so that yeah, them announcing this project L News today, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm putting up Tekken after this, right? Like I, I'm 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 in Tekken mode. Hopefully by the time I get there, I'm not going to be as obsessed with this fuck with this fucking video game. But I don't want to play anything else that's not Tekken Eight right now. Yeah, it's taking over my life. Blessing, I, I can't find a trailer for Don in real life. I'm sorry. Damn. I'm really impressed that you are, are now Gerudo Mon. I hope that you can become Phoenix Mon one day. Tim, I'm going to be honest with you. Laptop's frozen. Oh, nope, it's not. It's not. We're, We're back, back, baby. We're back, baby. Story number, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to continue the show. <laughs> I get back to my doc. Story number four uh, from software is Miyazaki responds to calls for Bloodborne remake on PS5. Here we go. This Zap is in. Rebecca Valentine at IGN. In IGN's own interview with Hidetaka Miyazaki about the Shadow of the Erdtree DLC, we asked Miyazaki about the possibility of a Bloodborne remake, but he deflected, quote, Unfortunately, uh, and I've said this in other interviews, it's not my place to talk about Bloodborne specifically, he said. We simply don't own the IP at From Software. For me personally, it was a great project, and I have a lot of great memories for that game, but we're not at liberty to speak to it, end quote. But Miyazaki shared a few more thoughts with Eurogamer, acknowledging it made him very happy to see so many fans passionate about Bloodborne and suggesting that the game would benefit from a release on more modern hardware. Quote, I think having new hardware is definitely part of what gives these remakes value, Miyazaki said. Things you weren't able to achieve on previous generations of hardware, ways you weren't able to render specific expressions, uh, new hardware sometimes makes it possible. However, I wouldn't say that's the be-all and end-all. I think purely from a user perspective, modern hardware also allows more players to appreciate all the games. Uh, and so it ends up being a simple reason. But as a fellow player, I think that accessibility is important. I think that can be the driving force between bringing an old game to a new platform. Uh, end quote. So that's it. No promises, no hints of anything in the works. And to hear Miyazaki tell it, the decision isn't even really up to From Software. It's entirely on Sony, who owns Bloodborne. Well, I feel like Sony kind of needs some games. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The, right? Yeah, like, I mean, this year, sure. Like, I, I mean, this is, I, we're going to get this. And if it's up to Sony, like, I, look, this, this story is just an excuse to talk about uh, a Bloodborne port again, right? Yeah. But it's going to happen. And I, it's just a matter of when. And, yeah. like, I imagine it's going to happen if Sony is like, oh, man, we need some stuff. See, I. Good, good stuff to pull. This has to happen, especially if it's just up to Sony. Like the thing that I've always wondered about this Bloodborne remake remaster situation is: is this like a conflict between Sony and From? Right? Is it a thing of like maybe they own, they partly own it, or like maybe like I don't, maybe Sony needs From to help with it or something like that? Like that's always been my assumption about it. Hearing Miyazaki say like, "Hey, oh, it's up to Sony," I'm like, then why doesn't Sony do it? It seems like such a slam dunk. Like, if this is a sales thing, I feel like Bloodborne, a Bloodborne remake. After Elden Ring, that's gonna fucking sell, dude. What's Blue Point working on? Tim's pointing at something on his computer. What am I pointing at? 
blue? Oh, he's pointing at a blue. Oh, Whoa. he's pointing at blue. That's clever. That's fucking clever. You think Blue Point's doing a Bloodborne remake? Uh, I mean, maybe. What the fuck are Blue Point doing? They said a new IP. One of, I mean, they said they said they didn't. They said something similar to that, but it was like they said original new game, original content. Original, they said original content. Yeah, which translates to okay. I guess that doesn't. You know what I mean? Right. That doesn't mean new. So IP. I don't know, but, but I mean, real talk. What are they working on? Like that is one of my most wanted to know questions that I have in video games. Mm -hmm. Is what is Blue Point working on, man? I mean, after reading this story, I feel like, yeah, it has to happen. It has to be around the corner. I hope I think so. think so, man. Because it's such a slam dunk of a thing to do. But hey, we'll see. Speaking of From Software, story number five. From Software isn't ruling out Elden Ring 2 or a second expansion. This is Tom Ivan at VGC. From Software boss Hidetaka Miyazaki has said the studio is not ruling out making Elden Ring 2 or a second expansion for the blockbuster game. It was announced on Wednesday that Elden Ring's first expansion, Shadow of the Earth Tree, will be released in June. At the same time, publisher Bandai Namco claimed that the award-winning game has now shipped 23 million copies since it released in February 2022. Miyazaki, the director behind Demon's Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and Elden Ring, God, what a fucking catalog, uh, was recently, it's like, it's like the Jay-Z of <laughs> video games, uh, was recently asked by IGN if there's more story to tell beyond the latter's upcoming expansion. Wrong. Quote, like, fucking start, Dark Souls is basically reasonable doubt at this yeah, point. Yeah, you know you're mean? right. Like, Bloodborne is Blueprint. Yeah. Elden Ring, Black Album. Armored Core, American Gangster. <laughs> Real talk? That's not that weird. Yeah. I'm with you. Quote, we don't Dark Souls 2, Kingdom Come? I think that lines up. Yeah, I think that. Because yeah. what, did people like Kingdom, Kingdom Come? I mean, no, not at the time. I don't know if people went back and appreciated it, but they called it Old Man Rap back then because he was like 40. Maybe he was 30, honestly. Yeah, I was going to say, he, if he was 40 in 2004 or whatever. Six. Yeah, he that must have been 30. He's, that means he's 58 old man now, rap. which might not be that Damn, crazy. Bless. You're about to hit old man rap territory. Oh, no. Quote, we don't want our already, already listening to old man. I spent all yesterday listening to Nas. <laughs> like, that's, I'm, I'm old. You're there. Uh, we don't want to say this is the end of Elden Ring, of the Elden Ring saga for now, he replied. I think we said a similar thing at the end of Dark Souls 3. We didn't want to flatten those possibilities or put a pin in them uh, just at that time. And it's a similar story with Elden Ring. We don't want to discourage the possibilities for that. There might be more ideas in the future. Uh, we don't have any current plans to make a second DLC or a sequel, but we definitely don't want to snuff out that possibility. We think that there could, uh, there could well be something in the future because we love making money. I made up that last part. But yeah. come on, man. That's right. Yeah. It's they like, also love making games. They also love making games. And that's the thing I respect about From Software is I feel like they're not pigeon-held to just doing sequels and just making franchise games. I think if, if From decided that they never wanted to make another Elden Ring thing after dropping Erdtree, I think they'd be fine. Because I think whatever, el like whatever next thing they make, whatever new IP or Souls-like thing they make would end up sell out selling Elden Ring anyway, right? Like they're just that kind of developer that they are the franchise. Yeah, like they, they are, are from that's software a great way is to put the it. IP. So from software is the that's that's yeah, that's deep. That's fire. Put it in there, man. It's a grower, yeah. not a shower. And so yeah, but I like the idea that they're keeping it open, right? I think people would be down for more Elden Ring. I think I think there's more story to tell in this universe. I don't know, obviously I don't know where Erdtree is gonna go, but it's a it's a world that people really love and adore. And I think if they wanted to, right, like they could like make Elden Ring if there's an Elden Ring 2, you imagine it's going to be open world. And I like I've seen more color in this trailer of Elden Ring than I've seen in any Elden Ring footage. Have you the last seen this trailer years. yet? No. Dude, this trailer is insane. Yeah. It's a good looking ass trailer. Um, For them. But like Elden Ring could just be a, hey, this is our open world version of what this is. Obviously, Dark Souls is like more of our linear slash kind of open version of what this is. Like they can have, uh, there are so many IPs and franchises that they have to work with now at, at from software, especially coming off of putting out Armored Core that like, it, they can just do whatever they want, it feels like. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Also, to be fair, Tim, most of what you've seen of Elden Ring is probably uh, the Jabroni boys uh, stuck in Limgrave. Yeah. Hmm. Tim. I'm impressed. I'm impressed with the colors. We just talked about a lot of big old news. Mm. But if I wanted some small old news, taste the tiniest news I needed to know about, where would I go? You'd go to our last story, the Wii News Channel, where we cover all the small news items you need to know about. Story number six. So hard. It's time for Wii News. Paragon, the Overprime, is shutting down on April 22nd. Again? Did, did you know that Paragon had come out again? I'm, yes. If this was the time it came back years ago. Years ago. 
Paragon? Yeah. Yeah, didn't it like rise and fall in like 2016? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it came back, right? But in like 20. I don't even think it was 2016. I think it fell in like 2017. 2018, 2019. I'm pretty it, sure it was like not that long of a run. Yeah, and it must have been like a year. I'm pretty sure it came so. back while we were still at the old studio, but. Really? Uh, Paragon the Overprime is a free uh, free team-based TPS action MOBA uh, that came out November 10th, 2022. See, that's okay. That's That is probably is more along the lines of what I thought. But I also thought that it hadn't come out yet. I thought maybe it got announced and we we're still waiting yeah. on Paragon the Overprime. But yeah, shutting down. Rest in peace. Pour one out. Uh, Elden Ring sold more than 23 million copies worldwide. Wowzers. Power World has sold 15 million copies and has 10 million players on Xbox uh, one month after launch. 25 million players total for Power World. 15 million copies sold. Yes. So. <sighs> Insane. And it hasn't even come to PlayStation yet. Yeah. Yet? Is that a thing? I mean, they've not announced it, but I Do think you they're- You imagine they're going to want to? Yeah, they're probably going to. Yeah. screen. Uh, Oh yeah, it's an Xbox thing. But like Power World's not even published by Xbox. I think they just have they like, just like it a lot. They just yeah, they just like it a lot. <laughs> they're on, I think they're on Game Pass. Whatever. Uh Nier Automata's sales have surpassed eight million copies. Let's go. Uh dude, that's let's talk about that. That's amazing. Yeah. Like, I know that Nier is near <laughs> and dear to a lot of the the hearts of people here at Kind of Funny. And that is the type of and and a lot of games critics and media and all that. But like it is. A, a niche thing right like that is more of like uh it reminds me a lot of the way that demon souls was talked about 15 years ago mm. or whatever that was and to get 8 million copies sold i think this is just a testament to like how big games are now like yeah. that's that they that a game like that that critically acclaimed and beloved but fairly niche all things considered can sell 8 million copies even if it took that long that's very damn impressive my question is are we ever going to get another one like what's what is yoko talk Yokotaro, yeah. What is Yokotaro working on? Like, are, is I know we 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 did um the game that came out a couple years ago that was really bad from Platinum and Square that felt like it was kind of a successor to Near, but it turned into Babylon's Fall. Babylon's Fall. Yeah. Babylon's Fall. Yeah. Babylon's Fall kind of felt like it was trying to be a spiritual successor kind of thing when they first announced it, but then yeah, it quickly went down the drain of being this live service thing that didn't pan out. But then there was also a uh, Near Replicant. Replicant. Yeah. Replicant. Yeah. And yeah. Replicant was fire. I, I, what is what is next for it? I really hope we see more in the near uh, franchise. Uh, Tim, mm -hmm. this next one I love so much. Rainbow Six Small, spelt S M O L, is out now and exclusively on Netflix. Tim, what I tell you, I wish I put the tweet in here. That's I, Barrett. If you can go in the KHD Slack, because it's in there somewhere. I saw this announced and I couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> Rainbow Six Small, and like it, the characters. When I tell you that they look like Paper Mario, wait, wait, like look at this. So it's out on uh, on iPhone and, and Android. It's Netflix exclusive. It's a Rainbow Six game, and it's all cutesy. Ubisoft. They just be putting stuff out, on man. Drugs, they just be man. making. I don't games. know what drugs, but like they're <laughs> they're weird drugs, guys. They just make stuff and what put the it fuck? out. All right, cool. Rainbow Six Small. And then Dead Island 2 has been a uh, surprise released on Xbox Game Pass for console. And that's it for Wii News. Did we want to include the... I don't know if you saw the thing that I uh, sent oh. to the KFGD. Do we want to save that for tomorrow? No, oh, let's put it in here, actually. Uh, this comes from the IGN Union uh, on Twitter. They say, some personal news. The IGN... Uh, CG has been granted voluntary recognition. Uh, we're still working out the final composition of our union, but we are thrilled IGN came to the table and recognized us. Congratulations. Very, very, very cool. Very awesome to see this happen. Um, That's awesome. Team over there crushed it, making it all go down, and here we are. There you go. Progress. A win for workers. If you're out there in the games industry and you're scared about, like, what could happen to your job or just scared about having, like, you know, Security as a worker in general, unionized. Like it's, a, it's an important thing. We're seeing this industry take shifts that are scary when you look at all the layoffs and all the stuff that's going on. And so unionize out there. And yeah, what a big W for IG yeah, and the workers. Man. I love Good you. on you. I, I, I love you giving uh, union advice with the the Wii music playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Kind of funny, baby. That's it for Wii News. Tim, let's look to see if we have any more Super Chat. That sounded like the most dramatic. <laughs> Tim, there's a problem. Uh, do we have more? Uh, Ashen Penguin says, do you guys have hopes for Dirge coming to PS5? Who's Dirge? Dirge is uh, Dirge of Cerebus, the uh, PS2 Vincent Valentine game. 
uh, Final Fantasy compilation. I wouldn't be surprised if in some way, shape, or form. I thought there was no chance that we'd ever get any of this stuff, but the fact that they re-released Advent Children in theaters and um, the, they re-released Crisis, Crisis Core, Core as Reunion, like I, I, it, that's the biggest game that isn't officially out in any way on modern consoles. Like there was before Crisis, which was a mobile thing, but like parts of that were adapted into other like more contemporary media for it, I think for the most part. Um, and then with the Ever Crisis project, they're adding a lot of that stuff too, which maybe they'll add the dirt storyline stuff there and just call it a day. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't I, expect I, it, but I wouldn't be surprised at some point. Down Ernie line. Cooper, I think, uh, puts it best in the chat. Dirge of Cerberus is awful, and I will pay for it on PlayStation 5. Yeah, I mean, it is Here. a Roger game. Like, I was telling Roger, like, I think him and Mike, at, once they finish their, or Mike's streams of Final Fantasy and stuff, I think they got to play it through Dirge. This, I mean, we gotta, this is what I want. We got to figure out a way for them as, to be able to play that. As somebody who is a newer Final Fantasy VII sicko, because they've got me, yeah. I'm, I'm all mm -hmm. the way in. I want every single piece of Final Fantasy VII thing playable on, on modern platforms. And so... Even if it is, like, in the way that we got episode intermission for Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm -hmm. if Rebirth has, like, a DLC that is, here's the Vincent Valentine thing. That'd be amazing, but it wouldn't make sense. No? Yeah, because Dirge is, without considering Remake and stuff, the furthest thing in the Final Fantasy VII time. Oh. Yeah, it's, like, after Advent Children. What are, so what are all the spinoffs? Because I know you were explaining this the other day of, like, there's AC, BC, DC, yeah. whatever thing. Yeah, Advent Children okay. was, is the movie. movie. Before Crisis was a mobile game. Um, Crisis Core. The PSP game, yeah, which came out years after Advent Children, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, 2007, I want to say. Um, then Dirge of Cerebus, which is um, the PS2 yeah, game, and then there, now there's Ever Crisis, which is the mobile game that kind of like, damn, so they're still going with it, yeah. Is I don't think there's an FC so far, Final Crisis, Final Fantasy Football Club. Is Final Crisis a thing? Is that no, the, I, was just, I was just guessing, is it a thing? I don't know. It sounds like it first is first soldier, Final Crisis. Hmm. Final Final Cri I don't think Final Crisis exists. Series. Whatever. Um. So is there? Well, the, uh, two things. One, after watching Advent Children yesterday, I do want some kind of playable version of Advent Children. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that is like a DLC after the third game or like whatever like comes up next after yeah. after a rebirth. But I would love to play the Advent Children's. Story. I'm good, bless. I've yeah. had that. I had that dream <laughs> since 2005, and playing through remake and then rebirth, I'm like, oh, this is just so much better. Like, mm. because look, there's some fun action scenes. Legitimately, none of the action scenes are as good as some of the best action scenes in in the the two games so far. And on top Come of on, that, and Tifa in the church. Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I yeah. love it, but I'll do I'll, I'll just play that. Just give me a demo of that. <laughs> I kind of feel like that's what the boss fights are in remake and uh, and like not that specifically, but like they got they got the level of the music better too. Yeah, that's know? the thing. And the biggest thing for me is the writing and the dialogue and all that stuff. It's like it's so much better in remake and rebirth than it is in Advent Children. But I mean, that's fair. And I don't know if there's fixing Advent Children in those ways. At, I love it. I fucking love it. I think like, there could be like recontextualizing or borrowing some things from Advent Children, but not like, yeah. Yeah. No. So do you expect DLC for this one? For Rebirth? Yeah. Without spoiling, obviously. I mean, yeah, of course not. I, I mean, I didn't think we would get it for Remake, and we did. So, of course. Like, I, I think that they're going to want to double dip. That seems to be Square's strategy. Um, they, they won't have that PS5 excuse like they had last excuse you know what i mean by yeah that. but like reason uh like they did last time um but maybe they have a ps5 pro there you go yeah or pc Th that would make sense too now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong are you right in let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on youtube and listening later on podcast services around the globe kebab says the dilly dally shilly shally line is a translation of a japanese expression zuru zuru an onomatopoeia of dragging a heavy load Heavy, oh, I see it. Dragging a heavy load, aka the emotional burden Cloud is carrying in the movie. All right. Oh, and there isn't really an English version of this. Uh, this is also why Cloud says, I feel lighter at the end of the movie. Yeah. Cool. Uh, All right. That's not you're wrong. I will just say, like, without spoiling any moments or anything, last night in the theater, hearing people pop off in our group that had never seen the movie before, it was thrilling for me like yeah. people would when like scenes would happen that were like i've known him for 
decades now, which is crazy. But like the different fight scenes and the different moments, it was like, God, man, avid children hits if you're trying to get hit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Kebabs also says uh, Crisis Core did indeed release in 2007, two years after. And then Kebab says Advent Children will be adapted into Ever Crisis. Oh, this isn't a Yurong, but he says it'll be ad- adapted into Ever Crisis. So you will. Oh, unless it is a Yurong. Is Advent Children really confirmed for Ever Crisis? I mean, I just, didn't I say that? Oh, did you say yeah, that? Okay. All the compilation stuff is in. Um, oh, Ever gotcha, 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 gotcha. Like, oh, yeah, characters. you did say that. Sorry. Yeah. All right, cool. That's it. We're kind of funny.com slash Yurong. But you, uh, man, you said that Ever Crisis wasn't great, right? <sighs> There's things about it that are brilliant and so good, but at the end of the day, it's a mobile gotcha. Like, I don't know if it's a gotcha game, but like, there's it's a there's enough bullshit in it where I'm just like, ah, this isn't that great for me. Fair enough. And also, it's episodic in a way that I'm like, I don't have faith that this thing's ever gonna get fully done. But there's different styles in the game that are art styles that are super sick. But, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every weekday we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live on youtube twitch and on podcast services around the globe if you love what we do support us with the kind of funny membership on patreon or youtube to get all of our shows ad free watch us record them live and get a daily exclusive show until next time game daily